0: again for two girls one podcast the internet radio hour this week a look inside the most influential video game ever created mike tyson's punch out and now here are your hosts who always roll their gamer chairs into the closet for that warm podcast sound Alison Goldberg and Lindsay
1: Ford. What up, what up, everybody? It's Two Girls, One Podcast. I'm Lindsay.
2: And I'm
1: Allie. On this show, we talk about cool, weird communities on the internet. If you are a part of one... Let us know.
2: Oh my gosh, Lindsay, we still haven't looked into the little dick community.
1: (gasps) Wow. That's not where I thought we were going to start, but I can't wait. I just really want to find someone who's willing to speak openly about their Their small penis. Yeah, and I think I know someone, but I don't really (laughs) like him (laughs) as a person.
2: I know someone, but I definitely can't ask him.
1: Mm. Cause I, I don't know ask, if
2: he knows.
1: <laughs> the guy that I know, I mean, I don't. If we ever bring, I, I could ask him. He could come on the show because he kind of loves talking about it, and <laughs> he's objectively hot. He's like a hot Wait, person. But he like
2: admits that he has a little dick.
1: Yes, girl. He's proud of it, and. I mean, he's no, there's no shame in his game. I think it helps I think that that's he's how
2: it should be. exceptionally I think hot. Yeah, if he was... Yeah. <laughs> it helps. Yeah.
1: But also, Maybe he's a annoying. member of an
2: online community.
1: <sighs> Probably. Annoying because <laughs> you're to like, to to I'd out. like
2: to hook up with you, but I also know that you have a little boop boop. boop, boop.
1: Not for me, because personally, I find him very annoying. So I don't want to hook up with him. Oh, so it's but like like I know actually a positive
2: that he has a little boop boop.
1: It's a non-starter. It doesn't matter. What his boop-boop looks like because I find him to be a mild misogynist.
2: Oh! So, we really can't tell him. Now, if he listens to this podcast, is he going to know?
1: He doesn't listen to this, girl.
2: Okay. But, like, if he ever did, you know what I mean? Like, the way I've talked about my friend and Mary's married a murderer, but there's, like, a little part of me that's always nervous because, like, if she listens... Yeah. <laughs> okay, She'll but know. we shouldn't talk about little dicks today because today's episode is is family friendly. Like very oh. family friendly. We just ruined I ruined it. Yeah, you it. really
3: I ruined, ruined the whole you thing. You started wow.
2: it off. I, I took responsibility. <laughs>
1: I'm proud of you.
3: I'm proud of you. Hey, welcome to the show. So small penises.
1: Yeah.
2: I know, well, it just <laughs> hit me, you know, because we had talked about it previously.
3: It's because I'm here. Is that why? <laughs> no. Ah, Matt.
2: that's why he got married so young. <laughs>
3: <laughs> had to lock it in. Why I had no that's chance. You have to,
2: you know. No, but we talked about this previously as well. I think people need to embrace their little dicks. Like if a guy took off his pants for the first time and he had a little dick, and he was like, "But listen, I got all kinds of tools and toys. Don't you fucking worry." I'd be like, "All right, let's see what happens." Yeah,
1: I don't I care. Mean- Nobody really cares. H- half of the time, we're having sex with fake penises that get sent to us in the mail. Thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> so, like, we're not out here judging your actual dick for not being whatever you think or society says it should be. Most of us would, ma- would date a woman, so your dick size doesn't matter to us.
3: Th- this, arguably the smallest
1: dick.
2: <laughs> yeah. The problem is that they let it be the elephant in the room, and by elephant, I mean
1: mouse. You mean mouse? (laughs) (laughs) By elephant, I mean garden snake. (laughs) (laughs) Little itty bitty
3: papa. Related. What are your policies on height? Because I do enjoy subscribing to. is
2: like three. Tall? Who cares? No, no, no! This I'm saying like I'm your only attraction. You don't right. need to so make it everyone, even Everyone,
3: everyone is is uh, is, yeah. is taller than Lindsay. I, but I, but yeah. but I'm I'm fascinated by um like I subscribe to R slash Tinder where I'm just reading screenshots of you, Tinder.
1: Why did what? No, because he's because, never done it, so he just I, is curious. Because I've never nah, done it, so you
2: can swipe for us. How many times sure. have we been over this? You don't that, go on R slash Tinder. Just log into my account.
3: <laughs> but it's like screenshots of horror stories similar to like how to break up by text and all the all the stuff that you've done where it's just people being like, what the fuck is going on? Like it's it's seeing your yeah. horror stories in real time. And so there's a there's a lot of stuff on that subreddit that's just like women who are like, hey, nice to meet you. How tall are you? And the guys are like, oh, like five, eight. They're like, goodbye. I don't date this height. It's absurd
1: you. that's ridiculous I know it's I, a thing and you're right <sighs> but I personally think it's absurd
3: <laughs> I, it, it is but I, and I know you're not those people yeah, but like no, but well I mean
1: I can't possibly be that person <laughs> I, like what am I no personally
2: I would just like you to be taller than I am and I'm five four so honestly even five five is fine and for Lindsay they just have to be grown.
1: They just have to be an an adult. adult. Yeah.
2: As long as they're legal, it's fine.
1: All I want is like, I've been saying this forever and it's kind of not true right now, but like historically all that I've wanted is a nice Jewish boy. Hi, Matt. And the guys that come out of nowhere for me are giant, like... Wet dreams from Hitler. It's crazy. Oh, like you just attract huge youth. Okay. blonde A- 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 dudes. Like, like. Hmm. And I was telling my friend this one time, and, and we were just like walking around, and out of nowhere, huge blonde dude just comes up and just like talking right to me. And my friend was like, "That is crazy. <laughs> if you hadn't <laughs> just told me, I would never have believed you." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not out here trying to steal giants from the you know, sky." Volleyball <laughs> from volleyball women. They're all looking at me like, why did you do this? And I'm like, yeah. I was not trying. Yeah. Uh, seriously. Your girl is just looking for. A just nice... living her life down
2: below. You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, they say. Who you
1: am and... I to throw, you know, a, a Greek god that fell from the sky? Definitely not. You couldn't lift
2: him. You're 411.
1: Yeah, I just gotta let him make out with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you
1: know, I just
3: got to let him lean away. Lean, bend over. Oh, no, then- I stand on
1: things. <laughs> they pick me up. It's very fun. She, ca-
3: she <laughs> carries an Apple box everywhere she goes. Truly.
2: A
1: stool. Yeah. No, I'm I'm out here standing on furniture at bars like nobody's business. Oh yeah, yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That makes sense. That makes
1: sense. I just yeah. like the
3: the picture of Lindsay at the bar at a normal height as everyone else, but then you pan the camera down and oh. she's standing on the stool. Yeah. This
1: is reality. This is I reality. I, my <laughs> friends used to call it koalaing because I used to climb up on a thing, and then okay. I've climbed up on a guy, and now he's carrying me around the bar. Like this used to happen <laughs> constantly in my twenties. I like. A tiny me. I want another drink. Take me over to the bar. And I'd be like piggyback. <laughs> now this a- is a good TikTok
2: compilation. Just like you <laughs> in different bars being carried <laughs> by men and standing on chairs and stools. I support yeah. you. But All right. our guest is coming soon, and this is a family friendly episode from here on out.
3: Speaking of children and small people.
2: Yeah, that's
1: true. There's your segue. Oh I did my it. Oh go.
2: God, thank you. So Matt,
1: this is why we pay Matt the medium bucks.
2: The medium bucks. And if you want to see him make the big bucks, you can go to patreon.com slash 2G1P.
3: Actually, no, no. That's all. Uh, just just point of clarification. That's all two girls. I have no stake in that Patreon. Oh. But you should go there and support it because... Uh,
1: Agree. It's where it's at. So,
2: Minecraft. It's a game that I've never played. But we have covered it on the podcast before because... In quarantine, people were recreating their universities in Minecraft. Um, But there's this guy who's created an entire Minecraft for autistic kids. So they can, like, hang out and not be bullied. And he created this and thought maybe a couple people would use it. And thousands of kids are signed up. And it's called Autcraft. And now it's his full-time job. And it's, like, so lovely and beautiful.
1: Truly the most wholesome and amazing thing that someone could do with Minecraft. I've played it, but only with children. So they don't really know what they're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the seven year old is like, yeah. And then you go here and I'm like, cool. Okay. And they're like, and then you have to build water. And I'm like, okay. And then oh, they they're know, not, oh,
3: they know what they're doing. They very much know what they're doing. Y- yeah. You but may they're not
1: really explaining it to me.
3: Totally. Totally.
1: And they're just like going through it and they're like, isn't this great? And you're like, <laughs>
3: Sure. Because they've watched like 700 YouTube videos about what they're doing. And they're like, you just do that. And you're like, hmm mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah. And 700 is a low end estimate <laughs> of the number of videos that he's watched. But yeah, it's I great.
2: It. Well, do we have our legally mandated trivia before our guest arrives? We
3: do. We do. As Ali said, we have covered Minecraft communities on this very show a few times. I often call Minecraft the most ...important or influential video game ever created. And I have a whole thesis. I have a PowerPoint presentation. I'll show you later. Okay. Riveting. Did you know that it was mostly created by one guy, a Swedish developer named Marcus Persson, who goes by Notch on the internet... Uh, he later brought on a team to fully realize the project, but in the beginning, Minecraft was just this guy being like, "What if you could put blocks everywhere? What if you could move this? What if you could create? It? What if? What if every Minecraft world was different or unique, and you could go?" And this—that's what drew me to the game originally. It was like. No one's no one's been here before. I'm the first person to see this. It's like it's so fucking cool.
1: You're a pioneer. Oh my gosh! Right?
3: Yeah. Except
1: it's actual. No one's been there. Not like natives that you're displacing.
3: Yes, exactly right. In 2014. Uh, his company, Mojang Studios, was acquired by Microsoft for 2.5 billion billion with a B dollars, uh, which was most likely the biggest video game acquisition of its time. Uh, it's actually uh, very low by today's standards, and that's a whole other story. Anyway, uh, very soon after Person cashed out, he made. A very expensive purchase. What notable thing did the creator of Minecraft buy after becoming insanely wealthy in 2014? I have three choices for you. Okay. An island. I'm going to go early. She chooses island. Okay. I'm writing it in. The (laughs) write-in answer is island. Is it A... Uh, Marcus Persson outbid Beyonce and Jay Z for a seventy million dollar Beverly Hills mansion with fifteen bathrooms and eight bedrooms.
2: Nobody needs that many bathrooms, and they definitely I know about don't need, that house. They don't need that kind of bathroom to bedroom ratio.
3: The ratio, right? What's yeah. up with that? Yeah.
2: Like what? Yeah. Okay.
3: I'm with you. Okay, that's choice A. Was it B, he outbid Justin Bieber for an extremely rare Pokemon card, which later sold at auction for $46,000? Or was it C, he outbid Elon Musk's holding company for a car engine patent for $12.5 million? He didn't need the patent for any reason, but he just didn't want Musk to have it. Uh, because uh, he had some spite over a Twitter feud from two years earlier. So he was bitter about that and he just bought the patent out from under him for 12.5 million. Which is the correct answer for this uh, extraordinary purchase?
1: I think it's A. I think it's
2: A or B. C doesn't make sense because Elon Musk would just like, he's Never let someone outbid
1: him. That's (laughs) crazy. (laughs) As (laughs) we've
2: seen from recent news. No, there's no way. So it's A or B. Okay. You, Lindsay, you went with A?
1: I went with A because I think someone did outbid Beyonce and Jay-Z for that ridiculous house and I don't know if it's the Minecraft guy. So. Alright,
3: okay. I'll
2: diversify with B.
3: Okay, uh, Ali goes with uh, the Pokemon card for 46000 that he snatched out from Justin Bieber. We will find out what extraordinary purchase Marcus Person made after cashing out of Minecraft after this important commercial break.
1: We just wanted to say thank you to all the people who build this show up brick by brick, or might I say dollar by dollar, with their Patreon contributions. And we especially want to thank the people who donate at a $10 or more level, starting with Wesley Cordell, Jerry Duran, Jessica Fox, Kathy Phillips, Matthew Scott, Melissa Elliott, William, Ken M, We love you all.
2: Jessica Kybell.
1: You're awesome. Thank you so much, everyone. We really appreciate you. You help us make this show great or as good as we can make it. And um, we encourage anyone who listens to this to donate whatever you would like. One dollar helps. So thank you very much. You can do that at patreon.com slash 2G1P.
0: entitled, A Siamese Looking Cat, from Willow Bend, Texas. From the online equivalent to a large box that says, Take a Cat, Leave a Cat, Next Door, courtesy of Best of Next Door.
2: And Willow Bend on Laurel Drive. There is a Siamese looking cat that is roaming day and night and climbing up on my screen cage and walking on my labia. Please keep your cats under control or we will need to have animal control. Come for it. Um, you can walk on my labia. What? Oh, no, 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 oh. no,
3: no. That's Ellie's think... Tinder bio.
2: <laughs> you must be 5'9 and walk on my labia.
1: That sounds truly painful. I would like <laughs> no one to walk, walk, walk. I'm looking for walk. a
2: tiny man to walk on my labia. <laughs>
1: I don't think it's the cat's fault, honestly. It's there's her a, fault.
2: There's a pussy on her pussy.
1: It's, I oh, ruining nice. our
3: family-friendly
2: show. Yeah. I'll see myself out. <laughs>
3: well, all right, let's bring it back. Uh, the the answer to today's trivia, what did the creator of Minecraft buy when his company was purchased by Microsoft in 2014? Lindsay says that he outbid Beyoncé and Jay-Z for a $70 million Beverly Hills mansion with 15 bathrooms Beverly and 8 Beverly Hills bedrooms. or Bel Air? Beverly Hills.
1: Weird. Okay. According
3: to this thing I made up. I mean uh, oh. reliable source.
1: See, now I think it's Shit. not right because that <laughs> house is in Bel Air.
3: Okay. Wow! Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, Ali says, B, a Pokemon card that he swiped from Justin Bieber. Uh, no one picked C, a patent for an engine that he got uh, away from Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. Sticking with.
1: Mm-hmm. The last time I switched, the one I switched from was right, but right. now I'm thinking it's Pokemon card. I'm not What's
3: switching. Your... She's not switching.
1: But I think it's the wrong house. Anyway. Okay.
3: okay. The, the correct answer is A, the Beverly Hills mansion for $70 million. Uh, I think it was the biggest, most expensive mansion in Beverly Hills at the time, like Ever.
1: I think it is, but I think that house is in Bel Air.
3: I'm gonna check for you right now. I have the source. It is the Washington Post, so stand by.
1: Yeah, because it's on the top of like a hill. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. you can you can see everything. And I yes. used to tutor a family that lived on like I drove past that house being like that house is trivia too big. is
2: getting fact checked. Lesson for all our listeners, you know, don't I mean, trust so- everything you hear anywhere.
3: No, that that is certainly true. The The Washington Post, a reputable uh, media outlet, of course, Uh uh, says says Beverly Hills Hills. in the in the headline. But, you uh, you know, they're close to each other ish.
2: You won trivia. Let it happen.
3: (laughs) Right. Right. I don't know the ins and outs of of LA of Los neighborhoods. Angeles, like you yeah. could say, oh, you know, I'm on Long Island, but like if you're in Brooklyn, you're physically on the island, but then you're not in the, the yeah. borough of Nassau. Okay, whatever. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, yeah. exactly. I think it's something like that. Something but, like that. Yeah, that house is crazy. I think it has like a helicopter pad. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh,
3: and he then he posted a picture to Twitter late later after purchasing the house where he installed like. A movie theater candy dispenser? Like, you know those giant tubes of candy where it's like, oh, I'll get some gummy bears and I'll get some but it's like industrial sized for like 2,000 people out of Tell movie theater. Me you're a it's in his living without room.
2: Without telling me you're a man a <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have an industrial sized candy shoot in my living room. I mean, that yeah. candy's
1: all gonna get go stale. Like you just can't right. yeah, physically not... eat that much candy. And nobody and you... should and he doesn't have <laughs> that many friends coming over to his house. I don't know, like, he's got he like he 12 rooms. I mean, come on. Yeah.
3: It's crazy. I hope he's okay. He be- he, <laughs> he became a problematic sort of commentator on Twitter after selling out and uh, you know, I don't think he's a bad person, but like you know. That, no. I don't think yeah, that you that can a stay a
1: good person and have a billion dollars. I said like hard. it to be a bad person. Yeah. You want to be a bad person? Uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding, I'm but I would like a billion dollars. I don't, you don't need a billion dollars, Allie. Like, there like is you a, there know is how much Patreon money that tier. is? But you honestly,
2: could, if I got a billion, a I would just give a shit ton of it away and still I'm be just a, gabil- saying, yeah, you would a never, millionaire.
1: Exactly. Y- yes, exactly. If if I had a billion, if I had a billion dollars, <laughs> dollars. I would be Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. That's what well, I would do.
3: That was, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I was, I don't remember her name, but like she has turned her entire life into like, like, I'm how can I fix this world with this money that I have happened to have come into? And yeah. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. It's what the men should do.
3: <laughs> Bill Gates has done it. I yeah, mean, yeah. that's. Yeah.
1: You know. I mean, I know J.K. Rowling is problematic. P.S. Her name is Mackenzie Scott and she rocks. Um, Jeff oh, Bezos, his ex-wife, is Mackenzie thank Scott. You. Thank you for um, finding but- the name. Thank you. J.K. Rowling, I know she's problematic. She's like and one of the, the only people who have de- who is de-billionaire. She herself. is the only person to fall off the billionaires list due wow. to charitable giving. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's like, but yeah. still, and yet, it's because when you have a billion dollars, people are afraid of losing access to you, and they don't tell you the truth. And mm. now she's out here committing like hate crimes accidentally. <laughs> I really don't think that she, if someone were able to talk to her. And well, explain to her something. I also something think that's the that major problem
2: way. of cancel culture, where she said one thing and everybody went fucking bananas. Nobody ever looks at something like that nowadays and says, hey, this is an opportunity to share yeah. experiences and learn. I mean, right. she did so double angry. down
1: because she felt attacked. But I'm just saying, right. you you don't go to Twitter to work out your misconceptions. You right. you need friends to talk yes. to
3: you. If that became a conversation and an education rather than a, a fire, an attacking firestorm, then maybe. Maybe we'd make progress there with but, her. But it's know? a
1: problem to think that Twitter is going to educate her.
3: Well, you need no, exactly, a right. exactly, no, exactly right. I know, for she you was a
1: getting dollars. hate
2: mail. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, it was bad. crazy. It's bad. It's um, bad. But I think it's time for the family-friendly portion of our show.
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> hey, remember our
3: topic? Okay.
1: <laughs> we have invited the creator of Autcraft and just your average autistic guy trying to do something nice for people. Stuart Duncan, to come talk to us about his creation. Welcome, Stuart.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we're so happy to have you.
4: I've been listening to your show, so I'm excited to be here and talk to you guys. We're, we're sorry. <laughs> I'm good. glad
1: we didn't scare you. That's, that's, yeah, I'm proud.
4: <laughs> Not at all. You guys are hilarious and have a good show, so.
1: Thank you. Keep that in. Um,
2: okay. <laughs> Yeah, your story is so interesting and sort of delightfully straightforward. So would you mind just telling our listeners from the beginning how this got started?
4: So my I have two sons. uh, They're teenagers now. But back in the beginning, when they were very young, obviously, um, one of them I discovered was autistic and I had him diagnosed and started me down the path of autism. And uh, funny enough, I discovered I had autism after he did when I noticed the similarities. But I got into writing about all that stuff, my path, his path. And I was writing as a father because everybody was moms writing about things. Mm. And as I got a, a, a readership, a, a friendship, a community going around that, I started hearing from A lot of parents who were very upset because, uh, first of all, they were jokingly upset because their kids would not stop talking about Minecraft. It was always Minecraft. They watched Minecraft. They played Minecraft. They talked about it during dinner. It was driving them nuts. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of funny. But then after a while, it turned more to despair because their children loved it so much they were trying to play on public servers with other kids, just like they saw people on YouTube doing. But they would get bullied and teased a lot and made to feel absolutely terrible. And they couldn't find any place that would, you know, accept them for who they were. And I, I just saw that showing up more and more on social media and in my comments. And eventually I decided that I would try to help. And so I started my server. Incredible.
2: May I ask, what kind of bullying did they experience in the sense that, uh, from my perspective, I don't even know how you would know based on playing Minecraft, but what, what kind of things were happening?
4: It's not like they, everybody went around going, hey, everybody, I'm autistic. And they went, hey, let's all go pick. Like,
2: right, right. nobody
4: really knew. But as an autistic person, You tend to act a little bit differently, especially in extreme situations. So when something really, really good happens, you are really, really happy and you Mm -hmm. announce it to the world. I'm the richest kid on the server. I have six diamonds. Everybody else has been there for years and they have like a million. But then also when something really bad happens, somebody kills you or steals all your stuff or torments you or says something rude. You don't just get upset. You get angry. You could rage and As we all know, when it comes to bullies, they're usually looking for the person who is going to react the strongest and see just how far they can push them. Mm -hmm. And so if they can get any sort of reaction out of any of these autistic children in that way, they will hone in and target and say the worst stuff. They will kill them over and over and over and over again. So they literally can't play. They'll break everything they build and steal all their stuff. They'll do like the whole bed camping thing, they call it, where as soon as you respawn after dying, they'll just kill you again. So it frustrates you, right? And they just want to see how how angry they can make these kids be.
1: Wow. That's very messed up. Like, I just don't understand why someone wants to do that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what is wrong with you that you can't find something to have fun with. You just have to ruin someone else's fun. Yeah. That's all you can do.
4: I've I've asked some. Like, over the years, obviously, they try to get into my server, try to attack us, or do whatever. And, oh. and I've had opportunity to say, huh. why? And every single one of them has responded the exact same way. They all say they find it funny. Mm. Yeah.
2: How old is, do, is the age range of the people doing this? The bullying? Yeah.
4: The bullying, I find, tends to be older teens, early 20s. Okay. Yikes.
2: All right. All right. Well, we can move on to the happier stuff. All right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I. I mean, look, you go look at the comments on YouTube. Everyone's calling me ugly and not funny, so there you go. Uh, Okay.
3: Uh, (laughs) I'm having fun in Ali's comment section, and what's wrong with that?
2: (laughs) Okay. So, you created this server, and what happened?
4: It exploded.
2: Yeah. Well, actually, let's take it back a little bit. You basically recreated it. Like, can you tell us a little bit about that, actually?
4: I was blogging. I was a web developer at the time, Mm -hmm. so I thought, I knew technology, I knew servers and stuff, and I like Minecraft, so how hard could it be to set up a server and and have kids join i had no idea it was a lot more difficult than i thought mm. but i did it anyway and figured it out as i went literally i spent like a month i paid two dollars and fifty cents to a hosting company so all i had to do was just point and click on the stuff i wanted and then i had a minecraft server and i spent about a month building a, a little welcome center and stuff like that. And then I posted on Facebook to my readers. It was literally just my friends list, about 300 people. Mm -hmm. And within two days, I had 750 emails Mm -hmm. asking if their kids can join. Wow! So it's it's plain old Minecraft. I didn't create a whole new game or anything. I just gave them a place where they could play. And yeah, like I said, I heard from all these parents that their kids were being bullied. I had no idea just how badly this was needed until I shared it with my friends. And it spread like wildfire throughout the autism community.
3: You already
4: had a community of parents with autistic children
3: reading your content and, and interacting with you. And then you just turned the light switch on and, and they were like,
4: where do I sign up? Like, we need this. My kid's also obsessed with Minecraft. And, and not not just coming in, you know, where do I sign up, but sharing it with every other autism community, every like Facebook page everywhere. Hmm. Um, my my internet provider cut off my access to my email because they're like, you can't run a business oh. out of your home. I said, I'm not running a business.
1: Oh, <laughs> wow. That's amazing.
4: Yeah. It was a good problem to have. So I switched it over and we continued on. And it's, I mean, it's been nine years now and our list of approved players is over 15,500. Wow,
1: That's amazing. So what are the ways that you're finding that You know, the people who use this platform are enjoying connecting with each other.
4: It is such a freeing experience to be someplace where you're no longer afraid. You're not afraid of being teased or judged or bullied or people making fun of what your odd quirky interests are or the things you spell wrong or any of that stuff. You can just be free to be yourself and and share your interests and find other people who have those share interests. If you do get bullied at school or something, or you just make a mistake and you're like, oh, I'm so stupid. And five or six people all go, don't say that. You're not stupid. You made a mistake. It's fine. Like oh, another autism blogger recently did a poll amongst autistic people saying how much do you feel a need to mask who you are to pretend to be somebody else than who you are (laughs) when you're with typical people or when you're with other autistic people and the results were like astounding it was like something like 80 percent of the people felt like they had to pretend to be normal around normal people Mm. but when they're around other autistic people it was like 20 25 percent felt like they needed to do that, which meant majority of the people who felt like they could just be themselves. And so what we found on the server is kids are like learning how to read and write and how to be a friend and make friends and how to do teamwork and even be a leader. And it's been mind boggling to the point that like we have doctors and researchers and people coming in just to observe the server and go, how are you getting the results you're getting without actually being a doctor yourself or doing any of the stuff that we're doing? It's just because these kids are coexisting so well. They're being so supportive and encouraging of each other. And it's it's the most amazing thing to watch.
1: That's really incredible. I I I can totally see why people are like, how are you doing this? And you're like, they're doing it on their own. You couldn't, People can do this if you just give them the space and the opportunity.
3: Because there's there's no other way to bring a population that all is on the spectrum together in the single place. Like like I imagine, Stuart, like most autistic kids don't know another autistic kid in their neighborhood, in their school, right? I mean, it's it's statistically atypical. I mean, is that
4: is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, it's like one in 50, one in 60 people are autistic and a lot don't okay. even know they are Sure. one of the main <laughs> features features, uh, symptoms. I don't know. One of the things that people know most about autistic people is that it's socializing is hard. Communicating Mm. is hard. I end up sounding awkward more times than I don't. So (laughs) I, I often explain to people like for autistic people, for myself included, when you're in a strange environment, especially everything is a piece of input That is adding to the stress of my mind so if you're like in school for example the floors in schools are very uneven the walls are plastered with alphabets and numbers and puzzles and cat posters and assignments (laughs) you've got 30 other kids around you all making some kind of sound and some kind of smell (laughs) you know there's sounds outside in the hallway there's like literally a plethora of information that a typical mind would just turn into white noise and you'd be focused on the teacher. Mm. But for an autistic person, you can't do that. Like if you go to a restaurant and you hear all the dishes clinging and clanging and crowd around you and stuff, it's white noise. You guys would know there's, you probably have audio samples called white noise that you could play for a background. Mm-hmm. For an autistic person, there's no such thing. You hear at each individual little voice, each cl- glass, you hear everything as a separate input and it overwhelms you. In Minecraft, on a server, online, in any sort of virtual community, There's just you in the comfort of your own chair in your own house. You set the brightness on your monitor. You set the volume to what you want. There's no eye contact you have to worry about or body language. There's no (laughs) odd smells coming from anywhere. It's literally just you and the other person that you're interacting with with billions and billions of other inputs that could be overloading your brain, not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's an entirely different thing to be getting on a server and with people who understand and get you and you can relate with, but without all the extra pressure.
2: In that sense, are video games particularly helpful just in general for autistic kids because there isn't that sensory overload of real life.
4: Absolutely. Yeah, like a lot of autistic people cannot look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. Like that alone is literally painful. It it hurts the brain. Mm. And then you add in like, you know, innuendos or sarcasm or tone or body language or so many different things that a lot of autistic people just don't understand they don't get they're like why don't you just say what you mean why (laughs) why do you have to imply this thing that i'm supposed to figure out i don't get it so yeah like a virtual environment especially a video game is a million times better because it's mostly typing, sometimes a voice call, but even then, you know, like you and I are talking, I don't have to worry about what you're, whether you're leaning against something or fiddling with something or looking somewhere else or any of those things. It, it really, really simplifies the experience down to its core. And if you can do that in a video game where you're actually having fun and in a good mood at the time, it's, I can't think of a more ideal situation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Do all of the kids come from regular Minecraft to your server, or do some of them now start in your server?
4: Some actually start there, and it's become a a yearly tradition now. So I'm doing your podcast right now i've done other interviews and things so no
2: you haven't we're your first
3: (laughs) this is it
4: this is the only one
1: you've never been with another interview (laughs) is this what it's like when you date people Allie? oh no don't be jealous
4: don't be jealous jealous. the past experiences make me better (laughs) They did. They did. So, so I, I'm the person who does the <laughs> applications. When somebody applies, usually a mom applies, I'm the one who reviews it and makes sure that they're a safe person to be on the server, that they're not some mm. troll trying to get in. Mm. But having done past interviews and podcasts, you know, hypothetically, <laughs> sometimes a lot can come in and I can't keep up. And so there's been a, a wait list. And I actually put on the registration form, you know, it can take up to two weeks, depending on how much media attention we're getting at the time. Hmm. Usually it doesn't, but you know, safer than sorry. Anyway, so sometimes it gets really, really, really busy. And I make a mad dash just before Christmas to get every single application done. So there's none waiting in the queue because every single year there is some parent hoping that their child will be able to get their new computer with a new Minecraft account mm. and be able to join the Otcraft server mm-hmm. for Christmas morning. And so, yeah, we actually have a lot of players who sign on and we give them a, a, a big welcome and a big hello. and And then we tell them, do you know how to chat in the game? And the, They'll just shake their head, and I was like, "Okay, we need to teach you the basics because it's their first day."
1: Yeah, that's great. I was just going to say, it's nice to be able to be somewhere where that's a possibility. You know?
4: Yeah, it's quite the experience. I, <laughs> the the others on my uh, my team, my my staff, will tell you that probably one of the. One of the things that excites me most is when it's like a a six-year-old or a seven-year-old signs on and they're playing for the first time. I will sign on and I will go and be with that person. Oh, cute. And watch them do their first things for the first time. Like,
2: All right, you're ridiculous now. Calm down, okay? (laughs) (laughs)
4: My cold,
2: dead heart almost felt something. Yeah, go on.
4: (laughs) It gets better because I was helping him build a little house. So, of course, I place a block, he places a block, I place a block, he places a block. And then... He placed a window and actually put into the chat, "Yay!" And I was like, "Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> like uh, that mo-
3: that moment is everything." Jesus Christ, my six year old can't even put on his pants. i <laughs> are they playing Minecraft? <laughs>
1: What an idiot!
3: <laughs> uh, I bet. I bet he could build a house in Minecraft, though. I bet he, he does. He he plays other games, and he dab- he has dabbled. He's, and, he's uh, man's yeah. child.
2: He's gonna be fucking playing video games. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, all right. A word on the street is autism is a spectrum. So, how do you see that playing out in the game and in the community? Since theoretically there are differing levels and abilities
4: it's funny because people envision a spectrum a lot like a rainbow right like it goes from one color to the other Mm -hmm. and they try to place all the different people on some part of this rainbow but the truth is that each part of life is its own spectrum so like i said there's the emotions Mm -hmm. there's the sensories there's the motor control like using your fingers properly there's being able to speak some autistic people can't speak at all they have the thoughts everything is there. The words just don't come out. Mm -hmm. There's others who can talk just fine, but everything comes out wrong and you get really super awkward and say stuff you shouldn't say. And then you think about it for the next 40, 50 years.
1: (laughs) That's Um, terrible. I mean, don't we all? (laughs) Yeah.
4: Yeah. We've all been there, but it's worse for an autistic person usually. Yeah. But yeah, it's all over the place. And I actually, I, I wrote about this just last week that sometimes there can be any one of these aspects that is so hard to deal with that they're kind of beyond what we're able to provide them. And we have to concede that they're a good kid. They're trying their best. We don't want to have to turn them away, but they can't handle the sensory input. They can't handle the rage that happens. They can't handle getting stuck on a topic especially an inappropriate topic and not being able to let go not being able to stop when they're asked to not being able to you know move on to another discussion or something all these things that are different spectrums on different rainbows and if any one of them is too severe that it's upsetting the majority of players and we can't get it to stop then at some point we have to say i'm really really sorry it's no fault of your own but you need actual therapy from an actual professional mm. more so than just fitting in with a community. Like you you need that level of support more than what we can do.
2: So do you reach out to the parents in that case?
4: Yeah, we do. Yeah. When uh when somebody needs to be removed or they're constantly causing problems or stuff like that. Like actually a, a totally separate, different player, kind of a I hate to say it, but kind of a kleptomaniac. Like they, they sign on every single day and just go and steal from people. They just go looking mm. for all the different Whoa. places. Oh, wow. And I've talked to their mom repeatedly and they've tried and we've tried until eventually the mom just wrote back and said, can you just ban her? Just mm. make it so she can't Aww. sign on anymore because we need to deal with this and she can yeah. come back mm-hmm. when she does. Mm-hmm. So there are cases where, you know, I guess that's pretty much true of everybody. I mean, we're talking about how trolls and bullies who find fun in this are made me make the server in the first place. So, you know, some people just have impulse control issues or anger issues or whatever that they need to deal with before they can be a part of a community.
3: Yeah, I just want to shout out quickly how extraordinary this is for the sort of parental involvement level. And because it's not common, you're providing a service almost like if I gave my kid piano lessons or swimming lessons i the parent would be interfacing with an with an entity that's like all right at this time we're going to sign up and here's the rules and here's the systems and whatever but like typically in video games parents are just like i don't know play whatever and then the kid just plays what they play and they're online or whatever and you have created a almost a subsystem but you know minecraft is the game but on your server there is a there is an admissions process that is managed by parents and that is um extraordinary and it allows you to moderate and curate your community so that it
4: is safe for everyone it's not a free-for-all we're probably the only server that asks for parent parent contact info because most servers right. just don't care if somebody's a problem they just yeah. ban them whereas we reach out yeah and in my ted talk i did about my server i was giving examples of one child who started spamming the chat And you know what spamming is like repeating characters or phrases over and over to the point that like they fill up the chat with just them and nobody else can say anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They started doing that and they weren't doing it previously. So everybody's like, you got to mute him. You got to stop him. You got to do whatever. And I was like, this is odd to me. So I reached out to his parents, um, his grandparents, actually. And they said that he was losing his vision. So it was getting tougher to see. So what he was doing was putting a ton of characters into chat and it would split up the chat into different sections, which made it visually easier for him to see. Wow! Mm -hmm. And so because we talked to her, we ended up making a plugin for the server, which would modify the chat system. And then that player and any player could split up the lines on their own with like a simple command and 99% of the players use it now, <laughs> wow. but it makes it so much easier to see because every single message is split up. If you had talked to the kid, the kid would
3: not have been able to articulate why they were doing that, but because you're in touch with the parents or grandparents, that's extraordinary. Exactly. That's really, really cool. And it,
4: and it went one step further because that split chat feature that we came up with mojang the developers of minecraft actually came to our server as special guests one day and loved it and now line spacing is a feature of the game wow every everybody who plays minecraft can space their lines now wow, wow.
2: are there other features that you've introduced
4: there's another one called chat delay which makes the messages come in at a slower pace if you're a slower reader oh cool. Mm-hmm. they've since reached out as well and asked is there more it's, what other suggestions <laughs> do you have <laughs> yeah so what else can we do yeah so i I had a long talk with them. So we'll see if anything comes of it. On that note, I want to ask just a quick, nerdy, technical question. (laughs) Damn it! My favorite kind of question.
3: (laughs) Microsoft has unified Minecraft into a much simpler, hey, if you're on a tablet, if you're on Switch, if you're on PS4, everyone can just hop into a realm. And it's super easy now to do what you've done. But it sounds like you're still sticking with sort of the OG PC Java edition, right, where you can modify the rules of the server because you have special use cases, are you sticking in that w- way? Or are you p- are you planning to jump over to the more modern version? And, w- and then why or
4: why not? I would love to because that's where the majority of players are, especially new players who get a new, yeah, you know, like you said, like a new switch or even a new computer, it comes with Minecraft right there in the menu. But it's the sure. it's the bedrock edition, not the Java. The problem is that being Microsoft They did that to make their money back because it cost them two and a half billion dollars to buy Minecraft, right? Mm -hmm. So they locked that system down pretty tightly. They have a marketplace where you can buy modules and skins and packs and things, but it's really restrictive on what other people would be able to do beyond that. Whereas in Java, I can make the plugins that will split up the chat. I can make plugins that will allow you to protect your base so nobody else can steal from it. Okay, I'm making plugins all the time. I made one the other day to teleport your pets (laughs) because my server has many different worlds. So I made it (laughs) so that if you get a pet in one world, you can teleport it to your base that's in another world. And that's not part of the game. So I can do <laughs> these things freely. And because you're, you're a developer, so you know what you're
3: doing. You can't do that in the bedrock. Right. Are you worried that, that Java will eventually go away? Or have they stated explicitly, no, as long as Minecraft exists, this version will exist for the
4: people who want to tinker like, <laughs> like you are or customize? Kind of a little bit of A and a little bit of B. They did say that they will always support Java and it and they're always going to you know keep building for Java and Java will never go away. But the honest truth is i mean they don't have right. to ki- they don't have to kill it yeah it's going to die like yeah when you buy a new computer and you click on minecraft it's the bedrock version yeah like the right the players yeah mm-hmm. it's so many of our registrations that come in now are bedrock players because they got it on their playstation or xbox or whatever right so you just tell them sorry yep. you can't you we can't help you sorry <laughs> but there's a, a hopeful light in that microsoft just announced that coming this summer if you buy either one of them you'll get the other one for free. So if somebody comes to me with a Bedrock account, I can say, actually, you you have access to a Java account. The only downside then would be that they would need a computer. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we also, Ali always remembers all the interviews, but we interviewed someone about... I'm
2: secretly Googling on the other page. I don't remember. Go on. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: about making the internet accessible and and things mm. like that. And mm-hmm. basically what he was saying is that anytime you make something better for someone who has a special need, so for someone who's hearing impaired, visually impaired, it makes it better for everyone. And... That's so true about so many things. And it sounds like you're really doing that on your platform as well. But it's even more so like you're taking the time to see what is causing this problem with this one user and how can we address that. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it helped 99% of your users now interact in that same way with this, you know, alteration that you made for this one person who expressed a specific need, which is amazing.
4: Yeah. That happens a lot in life. People don't even realize, like, You can put an escalator next to some concrete stairs. What are people going to use?
1: Every single time.
4: Every time, (laughs) right? Even if they
1: walk up the escalator. They might walk up the escalator, (laughs) but they still are on the
4: escalator. That's me. Well, at this
1: age, I try to use the stairs.
4: It does happen a lot. You know, you put in ramps for wheelchair access. People walk up the ramps, not up the stairs. (laughs) It's just how life is, you know? Like, people... Not necessarily want the easier way, but...
1: The literal more accessible way. (laughs) It's just more accessible for everyone.
4: You kind of said like special needs. I've always been alone in this, but I've never I've always not liked the term special needs because everybody has the same needs. Your needs aren't any more special than my needs. My needs aren't any more special than yours.
2: I mean personally <laughs> I like to think I'm special needs. My needs are special. <laughs> okay.
4: You are special and
2: everyone else's
4: <laughs> you are special. Your needs are the same.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. There you go.
4: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a it's just a matter of whose needs were accommodated and whose weren't And which person do we have to fight for now that we can get the same needs met as anybody else? So, yeah, like, you know, in the game, there's there's captioning. You can turn on the captioning for audio, like audio impaired or deaf, and it'll tell you that there's a monster to your right. Almost everybody uses that. Oh, it's transcribing the sound effects of the game as text. Wow. Yeah. You can hear you can hear a minecart this way. You can hear footsteps that way. So cool. So many people use that. They don't have any problem hearing anything. It's just it's Mm -hmm. an extra bonus. Oh, it's people who watch Netflix with the subtitles on, even if they're not hearing impaired. Exactly. Like Mojang did reach out to me. And uh, if I can give them a big, long list of say, this is all the stuff that you should be adding because it will help so many people, not just the people who need it most. Matter of fact, my my one recommendation that I made the strongest of all recommendations and you guys appreciate this because this transcends all the games, is that the accessibility settings are in the options menu. Mm -hmm. And I know every single game does that. But accessibility is only an option to you and me. For the people who need it most, it's a necessity. Mm. It's not an option. It's not optional. If you Mm. can't hear, you need those captionings. You need to be able to turn some stuff off and on to be able to play the game at all. So it should be on the main menu. Mm. It should be if you're in-game and you press escape, it should be next to the options menu, not buried in the options Mm. menu. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're not options. They're necessities.
1: It should almost be default. And if you want to, you can turn them
4: off. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, special needs. They're not not so special. They're needs. They're just, yeah.
2: (laughs) When did you start doing this full time?
4: I started the server in June 2013 when I was a web developer. I had no time, no money two kids of my own and everything. So I didn't know it was going to make me so busy, but I toughed it out for a solid two years. And then in October, 2015, I wrote a rather lengthy because I was a writer beforehand. I wrote a rather lengthy post to my community saying, I I love you guys. I love being there for your kids. Artcraft is where I feel I've belonged all my life. But I have to admit that I can't do this for 16 hours a day and have an eight hour job each day too to pay my bills. Yeah. So I started a Patreon page and I told everybody, I said, I, this is this is the turning point. Either you guys who can will donate in order in order for me to be able to pay my bills and not be homeless in an attempt to continue to do this for you and your children. Or I'm going to have to shut it down and focus on my job, which is, was struggling at the time in order to, you know, support myself and my children. I took a pay cut that month. I went from about $5,000 a month income to about $800 a month, Whoa. but it was enough. So I made the best of it and yeah, I, I continued working at it and gave up my job. The PC Gamer article that finally came out two years later in 2017 actually quoted the figure in there. <laughs> That's why I mentioned hmm. it, because I actually go back and look. Two years after I started my Patreon, I was making 1500 a month far mm-hmm. cry from the 5,000 I was making. Yeah. So, yeah, 2015 I, it became full-time and uh, nine years later I'm still not making what I did before, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm loving every minute of it though. It's worth it. Yeah. Just a reminder that
3: Patreon and other platforms like it make it possible for good things to exist on the internet. That's, That's not true. a plug for our Patreon at all. We will link to Stuart's Patreon uh, yeah. in the show
4: notes.
2: Do you want to also share what that is right now?
4: Yeah, patreon.com slash
2: Beautiful. There you go. And,
4: and like I said, only people who can when when i first went full-time i told people like everybody told me my co-workers and my family they said you have to charge for the server you have to mm. be able to support yourself so mm-hmm. these families are you're changing lives you're saving lives everybody loves this they will pay for it and i said no because it's it's autism focused and a lot of these families have special diets they have special medicines they go to therapy multiple times a week they can't afford An extra bill, even if it's only $2, $5, whatever it would be. And I know that the kids who need it most are the ones who have parents who can't or just won't pay for video game access. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when I started the Patreon thing, I, I specifically said, like, if you have, you know, the extra money... And support me and keep this going. And to this day, I still have a lot of patrons who don't actually even play on the server. They just believe in it and they want to support it. Yeah. And like you said, if it wasn't for Patreon, if it wasn't for the supporters, those wonderful people who donate, then I wouldn't be doing any of this. It wouldn't be possible. Do people who host private servers charge money for them? Is that allowed in the, in the terms of service of this game? It's allowed. You're not allowed to sell capes and you're not allowed to give people unfair advantages Hmm. for like mini games or competitions and stuff like that but there are pay-to-play servers where you pay a membership fee to get in so that's a whole cottage
3: industry i didn't realize that that was allowed And then Minecraft is a game for everyone, but bajillions of kids play it. So there's, you know, you're you, the parent or is signing up for a EULA that is has whatever stipulations, but then you're running a server that is for children and you're not charging money for it, but you are accepting donations. Have you run into any weird sort of like legal COPPA, which is the online protection of children act or whatever that whatever it is like? Are there rules or regulations that you need to be aware of? Or do you have a lawyer on
4: hand who's like, you need to do this, not that? Like, you, you run into that shit? I do not have a lawyer. I can't afford one. <laughs> um, yeah. But... I do hang out in a few different discords with other server owners okay. with some Mojang staff themselves. Like I said, they came to visit. So I cool. can ask a lot of these questions. We generally have to worry about GDPR. So if somebody requests to have their data removed or to know what they we know about them or something like that, then we have to comply with that. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it. I personally take it the extra step further. Like you said, like I ask for parent contact info. I interact with the parents. I have made it a point ever since I started begging for parents to play too. Mm. Minecraft itself isn't just for kids and my server most certainly isn't. There's a mom playing on the server right now who is going to be celebrating her 61st birthday this week. Oh <laughs>
1: my goodness.
4: I love nothing more than when I see players on the server going, hey mom, do you, what do you want to build next? Or where are you? <laughs> Another player, his dad just joined. So he's been showing his dad around the server and how to do some stuff. I always encourage people, for two reasons to play with their kids is because, um, number one, it's the safest your kid will ever be. If you're talking to the people they're talking to and you're interacting with the same you know community, you see everything that they see. So you know what they're getting into. Secondly, there's there's no better bonding experience. Like for all those parents that I mentioned at the very beginning who complained about how their kid would not stop talking about Minecraft. Hmm. Well, now they're talking with their kids nonstop about Minecraft and they're planning what they're going to do tomorrow. And they're, you know, giving each other ideas and things in the autism community. There's this expression. There's a lot of expressions, but one in particular that goes, your child is not ignoring you. They're simply waiting for you to join them in their world. Hmm. And I can think of no more literal interpretation of that than Minecraft where these kids are literally building their own world with their own pets and their own farms and their own automated systems in a house exactly the way they want it to be, and their friends and games that they like to play. And some of them make up their own games and stuff. And so I'm begging their parents every single day, join them. Stop complaining about how they won't shut up about this game and get in there and play with them. <laughs> it's the best time you'll ever have. Every parent that has joined with their kids has agreed, and that's where my staff comes from. Like. Everybody that's on my staff, whether it's my admins or helpers or whoever, were players. And most of them are parents who joined in with their kids and loved it and helped other people and were kind and patient and compassionate. And and I would watch for that and approach them and say, would you like to help me <laughs> and do more? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it just builds and grows from there. And the reason Autcraft started was safety and security away from the bullies and trolls. And the best way... I can think of to take it one step further is to have the parents in there playing with their kids.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's awesome. And I'm I'm wondering, have you heard about families connecting through this and then going on to like meet up either online or in person? It's cool that it sounds like a lot of families are connecting with each other within the family through this platform, which is awesome. But are there also families connecting with other families?
4: There are. Yeah, I know of two, I was going to say little girls, they're not so little anymore, because this happened years ago. (laughs) But they lived on opposite ends of Australia. So one was in like northeast and the other one was southwest Sydney. Mm. And they became friends on the server. And they played together for years. And their their moms joined and exchanged contact info we it's a big rule no exchanging contact info on the server and stuff but the moms did uh, right but the moms got in contact with each other and set up a date and one of them drove to the other one and they hang they hung out for the afternoon and now they're like best friends <laughs> on opposite ends of australia amazing so it it does happen these families do end up meeting up. And even us, uh, Artcraft, we do hold some meetups from time to time. We haven't in several years for obvious reasons, but sometimes we hold a a meetup where all the parents can bring their kids in a certain area. So sometimes we do it in England. There's been a few in the States. We'll just rent a hall and people just show up and it's not really a convention or anything. It's just sort of a meetup and we have some food and stuff. People get to meet face to face and, you know, say hi to each other and It's really pretty amazing that, you know, I hear from people who have gone through high school and through college and they have a job now and, you know, they're still talking to the other people that they joined on the server with seven, eight years ago. (laughs) I feel so old, (laughs) but it's pretty amazing. I've told people ever since people started reaching out to me about doing interviews and things is if any part of what I've been saying, you know, makes you go, ah, or that's nice or even, you know. Heaven forbid, feel inspired. Then don't just leave it at that. Find a need and fill it too. If I can quote robots, that was a great <laughs> movie. <laughs>
1: That's
3: all
4: I did. I didn't, I didn't do anything special. I just saw all these parents saying, I wish there was a place our kids could play and not be afraid. I wish that our kids could play together someplace safe. And I was I saw this and I thought I can do that. That one simple piece of not advice, a request. Do something. If you see somebody who needs it, just do it. Figure it out as you go.
1: I love it.
2: You know, I think the internet in many ways has become a really dark place, but your community is one of the reasons we started this podcast, right? Like the, the the happy places where people can find each other and feel comfortable and do their thing. This has been wonderful. And thank you for joining us.
4: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Were we better than NPR? Did you like us more? Did you like us more?
4: <laughs> You're better than everybody. Thank you. Oh yeah. my gosh.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. She ever wants to hear
3: (laughs) Uh, She has special needs I do
2: I do
1: That was super wholesome. And what a good person. Blech. Yeah.
0: Blech. Oh. I like to help people. With all <laughs> oh,
2: my, my spare time. I took a pay cut <laughs> so I could help people.
1: <laughs> Y'all, Yo, you're ruining it. <laughs> no, He was wonderful. He was wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Be the change you want to see, people, and not in a cheesy way, just like in a real way. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's an idea I want to float your way, which is we have covered extensively how the lack of face-to-face conversation and the lack of being in the room and eye contact leads to less empathy on social internet platforms, right? And that's well documented. But I have been fascinated for a long time with people in this world who are like, they're awkward. They don't do well socially, and they struggle in an office, in a school, whatever. And I, I don't know that if that's autism or or whatever. And then they get on the internet, and they are fucking rock stars because all the barriers that Stuart was talking about fade away, and then they become like superstars on on Twitter or TikTok or whatever. And I think there's something too. There's obviously there is, something there in there
2: especially uh, aut- autism seems rather specific like i think it's great that that some that those families also met up you know what i mean mm-hmm, cuz i do mm-hmm. think you know yeah it, it's called neurodivergent and so i think it's the the online world can also help them build that real world too or yeah, like, totally. offline but yeah no i think the future generation there's going to be no difference between like your online self and your offline, like they're going to be equally
1: valid selves, I think.
3: Yeah, that's that's really well said. I, it's already happening. It's currently yeah, happening it's, for sure. It's
1: wild. Yeah. My online self is very underdeveloped. Yes and no,
2: because I think it extends to like texting and
1: online dating and all of this stuff, like how you present yourself. I just went to Europe and didn't post a single picture on Instagram. And my friend was like, I thought you were in Good. Europe. Are you OK? I have no, socials. And <laughs> I was like, Are you? you've never you never see me on the socials. She's like, yeah, but you're like in a different country. And I was like, OK, well, yeah. I, my text still work, bro. Yeah. (laughs) You're busy enjoying the country, which I think is great. Here's something
3: something super interesting that you just hit on of like um, the online self, offline self. We have companies, the Zuckerbergs and the Facebooks of the world are like, what if we could make a metaverse, a virtual world that was like very realistic and in so much like real life? And that's not going to help. People with neurodivergent uh, situations because they want to be interacting as like blocky avatars or I co- think comic book characters. I think there's
2: value in safe spaces that you create to be whatever you want it to be, and if for yes. them, it is. Less realistic than that's what I mean. Yeah. I'm
3: saying like if 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 a mainstream social platform like Facebook becomes the the, the default virtual VR world, I mean, that's that a problem in general because in, Facebook's already fucked up
2: the real world, so we no don't doubt, need them. A, but,
3: <laughs> But if it's hyper realistic, that's that does that goes against why people kind of love video games, which is like you can be who you want to be, you can create the the avatar, the house, the whatever you want. Like that's what Minecraft. The reason Minecraft is so popular is because it is it's do what you want, A- and we don't want to do what Mark Zuckerberg wants. We want to be our own. We want to be different you know, on on the internet, and uh, it's it's beautiful to see it working for these kids in like really like, fundamental ways. Like, I like it because I just like playing or dicking around on, in video games. You heard These it kids are Little dick
2: loves dicking around. Little <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. We took it back. We brought it back. Go
1: on, go on. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, no. I just, it's just, it's a lovely thing.
1: Yeah. Well, friends, it's a lovely thing. You're a lovely <laughs> thing. We're all a lovely thing and no, you're Allie a is and special needs. <laughs>
2: all right. Well, thank you for joining us in our little community. If you want to go deeper, you can check out our Discord, discord.gg two G one P. We love hearing from you. That number is three four seven. Eight seven one, six, five, four, eight. That number again, three four 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 seven eight seven one six. Lit. You can also email us two G one podcast at gmail. Dot com patreon.com slash 2G1P definitely check that out and patreon.com slash autcraft. and you can follow me across social media I am Allie underscore Goldie A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I Lindsay's microphone is messed up she is at the Lindsay life <laughs> and we have Ali Matt underscore Silverman. He never shouts himself out. Hey. All right. And if you have an autistic family member, definitely go check out Offcraft. Thank you That's
3: so it. much. Bye. <laughs> One podcast is hosted by Lindsay Ford
0: and Allison Goldberg. Shadow banned from every popular Minecraft server I need produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Abital Ehler. Production assistance is provided by the Poglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in depth reporting about life on the internet. <laughs>